Hello everyone and welcome to Ghost Turd Stories. I'm your host, Troy Gent. Ghost Turd Stories' mission is using humorous stories from veterans and first responders to reduce the burden of families whose veteran or first responder committed suicide. Ghost Turd Stories' vision is to use humor from veteran and first responder stories to prevent suicide within our ranks and reduce the burden of families whose veteran or first responder committed suicide. We hoped to attract veterans and first responders as well as those interested in knowing more about what it's like to be in our shoes while we wear or wore those shoes. Hey everybody, this is Troy Jit, your host of Ghost Turd Stories. Today I've got a special guest, Son Stanley. He's a major in the Marine Corps and the Marine Corps Reserves. He's an Osprey pilot and did some uh, several years of active duty as a pilot. And he also is, uh, in his main job today, is a uh, commercial airline pilot. Welcome, Son. It's great to have you. How are you? Hey, thanks, Troy. Man, it's great to be here. Great to talk with you. It's uh, It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It's uh, You're a busy guy, and I'm getting to the point of becoming an empty nester, and you're, you still got <laughs> lots of kids in the house, so... <laughs> What, uh, we'll just roll right into it. What's the, the dumbest thing you ever did when you were in the Marine Corps? Well, uh, you, you know, when I joined, I, my wife was pregnant when I joined. So by the time I got to, to the fleet, I, I had about a two year old. We lived on base and, uh, you know, I had, I had big aspirations that I was going to be a general. So I was, I was kind of this wet blanket, you know, I'd go home, I'd, I would work and then I'd just go home and, and I'd hang out with my wife. I'd go to squadron functions, but that was just about it. So me doing dumb things, man, that just, that just didn't, that just didn't happen. You know, there might be something I, I, I did, but uh, nothing really stands out as like, oh, that was dumb. But, uh, you know, my, my CEO, I had, I had a CEO, probably the dumbest thing that anybody ever asked me to do. And I didn't mind. Right, we joined to go into combat and to do all those silly things, and then the Marine Corps just has you just do dumb things as part of being a Marine. But the dumbest thing my CO ever had me do is we were living in North Carolina, Camp, uh, New River, just outside of Camp Lejeune, and there's a big old freaking hurricane bearing down on eastern North Carolina. So they had everybody back, everybody evacuate. They flew, everybody flew all their birds away that they couldn't fit in the hangar. So all of our birds, they, they all took them up to Nashville. And our CEO came up with this idea because the Marine Corps says that you've got to have a duty watch, right? You've got to have fire watch. Even though there's a hurricane coming, you still got to have a fire watch in your, in your freaking building. So our CEO was <laughs> like, well, we've got to have fire watch. It's just, this hurricane's coming. Clearly, we need somebody here to make sure to let everybody know if there's a fire. So he looks, he looks at the squad and he's like, oh, you know what, man, Lieutenant Stanley, you live on base. You're the best option. You're going to be the, you're going to be the SDO while this hurricane rolls through. Everybody else is leaving. I mean, we're talking like my family. I sent him to Charlotte. Everybody's families were going to Charlotte. They were, they were just, they were gone, right? They were going to Atlanta. Everybody was gone. All of our birds, everybody was in, in Nashville with our airplanes. And here, Lieutenant freaking Stanley is. I'm sitting in the hangar by myself. Hurricane comes through, right? Obviously, it knocks out power. I have nothing to do. There's no one. I don't have cell phone service. There's no one I could call if there was a fire. 
There's no way I could call anyone. There's nothing I could do. But I, by golly, I'm I'm sitting in that seat. <laughs> I am I am on duty, and this freaking hurricane comes through. I, it, you know, nothing really happened. I mean, panels came off here and there, buildings. Camp Lejeune got hit pretty hard. Uh, I, I think it had a tornado. It created a tornado, a tornado that hit base housing up at Camp Lejeune. But yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just I don't know. The CO, yeah, you know, we got to have somebody stand duty during a hurricane. So that was the, I think that was just the yeah. dumbest thing that I ever had to do in in the Marine Corps. Oh man, I, that's pretty I dumb. I see people do lots of stuff. <laughs> oh, it's it's dumb, right? The, the Marine Corps is dumb with their duty. They're, they're just, they're. I was uh, when I was in training, so all the all the Air Force cats, they they learn how to fly the Osprey at the Marine Corps Osprey training. Uh, squadron there at New River. And so when I was in training, I became good friends with the guy, Andrew. And it was Saturday and he said, Hey man, why don't you and your wife come over for dinner? And I'm like, ah, dude, I can't, I can't, I gotta go. I gotta go to the squadron. He's like, dude, it's Saturday. We're not flying. I'm like, oh no, man, I gotta go stand duty. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do, I'm SDO, squadron duty officer. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, well, it's a 24 hour watch. You know, you spend the night, make sure. He's like, you make sure what? I'm like, you know, telling him, like, well, if this happens to this time, he's like, what are you going to do if something does happen? I'm like, well, I'm going to call somebody. And he's like, wait a second. You're telling me that you've got to, to get into our building that's on the flight line. So you've got to get through a turnstile, which is you, you have to have access to get through the turnstile. You've got to have access to get into the door. Oh, by the way, you have to get access to get onto a base. And you have to, like, and you're not going to do anything. You don't have a weapon. You don't have nothing but a cell phone. He's like, man, you Marines are so dumb. It's like in the Air Force, we have this same duty, but we all have a cell phone. I just go do it from my house. It's like, what? What are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude, we're we're Firewatch, buddy. We're Firewatch. So, yeah, I, I don't get it. <laughs> but, dude, I obviously we saw Marines do a lot of dumb things because you know, Marines love to do dumb things. Probably the, the dumbest thing I, I ever saw a, a guy do. And I, I'm sticking with I'm sticking with officers. I'm not gonna pick on I'm not gonna pick on enlisted guys. I'm gonna stick with uh, stick with officers here. Now this dude was this dude was there. Okay. Like, um, <laughs> just kind of with Andrew over at uh, the training squadron, and you know I thought it was just a marine thing, but this freaking dude loved to draw dicks everywhere. He just drew dicks everywhere, and he was such a skilled artist. <laughs> That he wouldn't just draw a dick, he would draw just a detailed, veiny, just proportional dick everywhere. We'd be studying together. I'd go, I'd go hit the head. I'd come back. I'd go home. My wife's helping me study, and I've got, I've got dicks drawn all over my study material. That's who this guy was. Like, this guy was like, so. Uh, now in, oh in, a, in, a, in a squadron, we have a what we call a uh, operations duty officer, an ODO, and his job is to make sure the schedule <laughs> goes through, that the flight schedule works out. And so, uh, and he works directly for the um, for the OPSO. And in training, we had an actual OPSO who, you know, he was an active duty guy that just he went there training. He's usually a major, but they have all the all the student pilots sit kind of the ODO, they would sit at the desk, make sure that the, that the flight schedule when it's happened. 
And uh, so uh, a buddy of mine was sitting at the ODO desk and this Air Force cat came up and was just, was just talking to the Air Force cat. And um, the Air Force, or the, the ODO, he got a phone call. And while he was on a phone call, the Air Force dude took the schedule and he flipped the schedule over and he sketched this just incredibly detailed penis on the back of the schedule. Like the full length of the schedule, there's just this huge erection. <laughs> I mean, just if you could just imagine a detailed sketch artist who's that with this I mean, it was it was epic. And then he turned and he then turned the schedule over. Well, the freaking phone call was we had a squad uh, a V twenty two that was out flying had a maintenance issue and had to make an emergency landing off base. So so the ODO he gets the, he gets off the phone call tells this Air Force cat hey man something real's going on I, I just kind of need to be by myself so. The guy gets up and leaves. Uh, all this, you know, so the kind of chaos erupts. The actual real ODO comes over, gets the brief, gets all the information, and now, all right, the next step is you got to go brief the CO. He's got to be, he got, he has to make the final decision. Okay, what are we doing? We're gonna watch. I get. What are we gonna do? I don't even know what's gonna happen, right. dude. So this freaking so and the 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 op the ODO the real ODO uh, I can't remember his last name was Sanchez but I think his call sign was Sanchez, and this dude was freaking he was he was always joking around. Well, for the one time in his life he was serious and he grabs the schedule he's writing all this stuff down on the schedule like hey this is who the pilot was this is who the co-pilot was this is the events this is where they were going, and so he walks in and so Colonel Rock was the CEO legend in the v22 community right he was one of the very first people to start the v22 uh, up and he'd been with it forever so here we go full bird colonel um and then sanchez walks in knocks on the door he walks in exo is sitting on uh the couch the ceo's at the desk and and sanchez is just up and he's briefing man if you can imagine he's holding the schedule up and he's reading the schedule this is who's on the schedule blah, 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 blah. So on the back side of the schedule there's this big, hairy, <laughs> veiny penis just, just showing the, the staring at the face of the CO. <laughs> and at the end, the CO kind of puts his hand on his desk and he says, Sanchez, he's like, do you have a serious bone in your effing body? And Sanchez goes, <laughs> what? What? And then the EXO's like, why is there a penis on the back of the schedule? And then, you know, the slow get red gets face and turns this schedule over and sees it. And then just, there's the, the emotions of embarrassment with anger. And then, and then uh. it comes to the ODO and just rips the ODO. And the ODO's like, because everybody knows, right? This this Air Force cat. This is what this Air Force cat does. So every everybody everybody knew. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, <laughs> the next day he came in. The Air Force cat was getting ready to do a flight, and the CEO pulled him off the flight, pulled him into his office, more of a joke than anything. Kind of had a talk with him, and then the next day, or maybe two days later, uh, we had a, an emergency cake. It's called a kangaroo court. That's how people get their call signs pilots. It's you cannot get a call sign outside of a kangaroo court. It has to happen that way. So Colonel Rock called okay. this dude's that, that was going to be his commanding officer and asked him, like, hey, can I give this guy a call sign? This is what he did. 
So if you remember the movie Superbad, I don't know if you ever saw that, but in the movie Superbad, one of the stars, his name is is Seth, and he uh, draws penises, and that was how the movie started. That was his inspiration. So this guy came. Yeah, so this guy came out of the came out of the squad with the call sign of Seth, and now has to explain that for the rest of his career why his call sign is call sign is Seth. Seth. Oh man, what's what's your call sign? My call sign is Mama, and that uh, Mama. That's because you know being a yeah Mama Mama, you know as a. As a uh, active Mormon and got kids and a family and always a designated driver, always making sure people get home on time. You know, I was, I was the caretaker <laughs> of the squadron. I was, I was the mama of the squadron. So I didn't do anything so dumb. Your mama, to that's come awesome. Up with an awesome call sign, so they gave me mama, which I like. I, I enjoy it. Never try to, never try to change it. You know, we have guys that have that's, terrible, that's cool. I mean, just terrible call signs. Uh, we had a guy, you know, um, so he, he was a great dude in the squadron. Every, everybody liked him, but the dude was clueless, man. Like he was just, he just, just couldn't get, he could fly, but he couldn't, he couldn't think and fly. Like he couldn't run a, run an airplane. And so we were in the squadron for about a year when we had our kangaroo port. And so as a result, he got the call sign of Nini, which is N-I-N-I which stands for no impact, no idea. So now this dude okay. has got to go his whole career and tell everybody his call sign is Nini. And then people are like, why is it Nini? Why is your call sign Nini? <laughs> well, no impact, no idea. <laughs> so this guy, we were, we were getting ready to go to Afghanistan. And uh, we, we all went to the rifle range. So our squad, our entire squad shut down and we all went to the rifle range the same day to uh, kind of make sure that we limited impacts to flight operations and we just got this stuff done. So we kind of did our, all of our ground training on, on one day. So we went to the rifle range and uh, his last name started with an S and my last name started with an S. So we're, uh, we're, we're kind of by each other. And, you know, we, here you have 26 officers on the range. You know, everybody's a captain, major, lieutenant, colonel. So we kind of, they treated us a little bit different. Right? Like we could get away with a little bit more uh, talking and bantering. So we're talking smack, right? We're talking smack the whole time. Aviators pretending like we can shoot guns. And and old Nini, he was like on, yeah, I don't know what, I'm going to say target point 14, you know, and, and he's talking smack. We're all talking smack. And he gets down. And he shoots, I think he was kneeling, and he shoots and completely misses the target. So then they come over the loudspeaker, and they're like, no impact, no idea, target point 14. <laughs> about losing bearing. Are it to include our CO, man? People are falling over laughing, because here is Nini, just shot a no impact, no idea. Do you guys, uh, even if you're, say, you're major and there's a lieutenant colonel, colonel, and you're all flying, do you typically call each other by the, by the names? Or do you, like, uh, do you say, hey, sir? Do you say, hey, hey, Nini, even if he's a, a rank higher than you or that kind of thing? Yeah, that, that's a great question, man. Yeah, once you get in the cockpit, all rank goes away. Everybody knows you by your call sign. 
right? There's, there's very few people uh, in my squadron that know my first name. Everybody calls me mama. And once you have a call sign, that's just everybody just calls you. Everybody just calls you that. In my phone, the majority of my buddies, I, I just have their call signs in there. So even if you're on the rifle range or anywhere out, you still, you still go by your call signs. Uh, but once you step in a cockpit, you're going to still say um, call signs. That's more of a, you know, obviously way back in the day that came as a kind of an OPSEC thing. We talk on, and you know, an unsecure net. Hey, Nini, this is Mama. This is what we're doing. You know, so we're not using names on the radio. Um, but okay, when you get to a cockpit, man, it's like rank goes away. Rank, rank actually goes away. You're using call signs. And, you know, there are many, many times when, you know, I'll be the flight lead. You know, say we have two, three, four aircraft and I'm leading it. And even though our CO, who's, you know, a lieutenant colonel, I'm just a captain, he, you know, he's, he's following me. He, he acquiesces to me. I make the decision and I go, which is what's great about, you know, aviation is, you know, he's got so many other things to worry about. But we, you know, as, as a captain, I did the planning. I know what we're doing. We're going in. So he follows, he follows me in. I've been using Isogenics since 2017. These products have made a world of difference in my quality of life, health, energy, muscle definition, strength, and endurance. My bread and butter products have been the daily essential multivitamins with Isogenesis, which is a telomere support supplement, the Isolane meal replacement shake, the Tri-Release protein shake, the collagen, the green drink, and the Cleanse for Life support system. However, Isogenics has many products and can cater to your unique lifestyle and goals. Click the link in the show notes or visit nmp.isogenics.com. That's nmp.isagenix.com to find out more. Besides just using the products, there is an option to partner with me and the company to build your own business with no capital up front. You can do as little as pay for your products and as much as making a full-time income. I love these products and will use them the rest of my life. You can also message me if you have any questions. Did you ever have a, a peer subordinate or leader that was clueless, had zero common sense, or was a butt kisser? Yeah. So Nini, you know, obviously Nini was our, our clueless, our clueless dude um, in the squadron. Man, when I was in OCS, dude, this was this was fantastic. <laughs> so I mean, we're in, we're in OCS, and uh, we are uh, probably I did a ten week course, so we're probably seven weeks into it. And you know how every Saturday morning now, you know, you have that formation and they go through, they're checking your uniform, they're asking you all these, all these questions. And so I'm, I'm in the second yeah. row and I'm standing right, right behind this dude. And uh, I mean, he was, he was a good dude, great PTer, but just, just dumb. He was dumb as a brick, man. He was from Missouri, went to the College of the Ozarks, never even heard of that place. <laughs> the dude just, he tried really hard. But just wasn't just wasn't picking up, and uh, you know, remember at OCS when if you didn't know an answer, you would say this candidate doesn't know, but this candidate will find out. 
So this dude, yeah. that was his, that was his go-to. That was his go-to. It didn't, it didn't matter. They would ask him, and before they could even get the question out, he was this candidate doesn't know, but this candidate will find out because he just <laughs> on the spot and he didn't want to, you know, body body body. Well, the the sergeant stretchers had enough of that, so they they get to him, you know, and they're you know ah this is messed up sleeves rolled it looks like a bag of garbage body body body. He's like candidate, who's the first female marine? This candidate doesn't know, but this candidate will find out. Sergeant stretchers like that's bull crap. Absolutely not. You will give me an answer before I leave. This candidate doesn't know, but this candidate will find out. He's like, he's like, I'm going to go through and I'm going to inspect the rest of your uniform. And by the time I'm done, you will give me an answer. So, you know, the sergeant starts just going through, you know, just detailing a bunch of bull crap. And then this kid blurts out, this candidate thinks he knows the answer. And the sergeant starts just like, well, what is it? And he goes, the first female Marine is Opa. And uh, now remember, her name is Opa Mae Johnson, right? First female Marine, Opa Mae Johnson. So this dude blurts out, the first female Marine was Opa. And the sergeant is struggling with him. He's like, and? And the guy probably 10, 15 seconds just stares at the sergeant instructor. And the sergeant instructor's like, Opa who? And I, I swear to you, I promise that this happened. The dude blurts out, Winfrey! Opa Winfrey! And the sergeant instructor does a 180. The dude that was behind us, Sergeant Instructor, both of them together make a beeline for the freaking barracks. Our squadron, like collectively, we fell about the place. We looked like, I mean, every platoon was looking at us because we all fell apart. We, we completely lost it. We, every single person we lost it. So I, I, missed, I, I missed a little bit of what you said there. <clears throat> I missed a little bit. Who beeline to the barracks and Yeah, dude, so the sergeant instructor. So as soon as that dude blurted out went free, the sergeant instructor that was just just both of them. So we had two of them out there. One <laughs> one that was like walking around, okay. the one that was doing the you know, the the meme mugging. So they both leave. And they're gone for like ten minutes. So we all get together, you know, the the uh, the residual last, the residual giggles, right? Everybody shakes those out. You bounce around on your toes a little bit. Do some jumping jacks. Everybody's like, everybody's good to go. And then that the candidate platoon commander oh goes gosh. back in, grabs the sergeant instructor. The sergeant instructor comes out, and he walks. He just makes a beeline right for this dude, and he's like, I, I, I don't know, something like six years. He's he's been doing uh, from. MCRD to OCS, he's been doing this drill instructor stuff. And he just walked up to that thing and he's like, You mother effer, for six years I've been doing this, and you're the first one to ever make me lose my bearing. It's like, You have failed this inspection simply because you made me lose my bearing. And then he and then he goes on. Oh dude, that's uh, awesome. Uh, and nobody got in trouble. Nobody got in trouble for laughing or anything. I mean and we I mean we laughed hard. Needless to say, this dude did not make it. Yep. This dude did not make it through. He did not become a Marine Corps officer. They they booted him <laughs> after nine weeks. After nine weeks of the ten weeks, they booted him. 
That's an awesome story. Uh, did you ever see anyone uh, throw up Mr. Pants or uh, from running a formation or a fitness test? Now, once again, in the wing, we don't PT as, as a unit. We never PT as a unit. The only time we ever PT as a unit is to do the PFT and the CFT. That's it. Everything else is completely on completely on your own. So I know you have way more experience with that, but I, I don't. Uh, really, the, the last okay. the last setting I had for uh, for group PT was um, was OCS because even at TBS we really didn't do much. But uh, but OCS we had this freaking we had this dude from New York who uh, he was definitely on the spectrum. Definitely, definitely on the spectrum. And he tried hard. He definitely, he tried hard. He, he wasn't. Oh, so like autism? Like autism. Yeah. Yeah. The dude was just, he was, okay. he was on a spec. He was goofy. He was goofy as all get out. He tried, he wanted to be a Marine. His dad was a Marine. I guess just what he wanted to do. So we were out, we were doing a boots and Utes, uh, run. I don't remember the extent of it. Maybe we had to do a three mile boots and utes run. And then we had to go back to the, uh, to the grass. And then we had to do a whole bunch of things. And one of those included a fireman's carry, uh, you know, and, and it was just a, it was just this big circuit that we were doing after this three mile run. So we were in boots and utes three miles. Uh, we were coming towards the end of, of OCS. So, you know, your, your points, your grades are stacking up. And so we come, uh, we all run. And this dude, you know, he was in the, he was in the front of the pack. We all run and then we get to the, we get to the grass and we start doing our, you know, we start doing these fireman carries and this, uh, this one candidate picks this, this dude up, the, the dude from New York and then immediately throws him down and he's like, what the hell? So I mean, obviously Sergeant Instructor comes running over, boom. It's like, what are you doing, cannabis? Blah, 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 blah. And this dude's like, this dude's just cracked himself. He's got poop everywhere. The sergeant instructor looked over, and this dude had poop coming up the fuck his back. It was coming up out of his pants, up his back. like, dude, what the hell are you doing, man? And the candidate, dude, no kidding, was like, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. Like, I'm not going to stop to take a dump. I'll just go in my pants. And the sergeant instructor was just beside himself. Just absolutely beside himself. It's like you, and then you're going to ask your, your fellow candidate to pick you up? Get the hell out of here. Just go take a shower. Yeah, it was mind-blowing. Now, that guy. That's crazy. That guy made it. Did he make it through OCS? Made it through. He did. Okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he made it through OCS. Yeah. Yep. What was his, his MOS eventually? Do you remember? I, you know what? I don't know because I went <clears throat> between my junior and senior year, and the majority of my class oh, was yeah, yeah. straight to TBS. Yeah, so I I don't know, man. He probably became an infantry officer. That's okay. what I had to guess. So you uh, a little bit. yeah, you went to T TBS with me. So so you had a year delay between OCS and TBS. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I went back and finished my okay. junior year okay. or senior year of high school, of high school, of college. And then went to TBS. Did you ever see anyone sneak contraband or ban stuff and get caught and made an example of? Uh, 
dude, I feel like I feel like everything I have is from is from OCS, man. Like, <laughs> like in, in a squadron, you know, the biggest contraband we had is we were on the when we were on the Mew, we were sitting off the coast of Yemen, right? Like every west or east coast Mew, you just go sit once you once we no longer were going to the to the Gulf, we just set off the coast of Yemen and waited for them to do something. So there we were, we were just sitting off the coast of Yemen, just absolutely doing nothing. Well, our birds, the ospreys, we could range Djibouti. So we we put together a flight schedule. We'd go range Djibouti. The 53s, they couldn't go because the 53s were the only ones that had the lift to go to Sana'a in Yemen because it was so high up in the mountains. The ospreys were useless, and we couldn't lift anything. So the 53s had to do all that. So they were on alert the whole time. They, they couldn't do anything. And then the cobras and the skids, all they could do is just go – you know, they could just go fly around the ship and pretend to shoot guns. So not really a whole lot of people were, were leaving the ship except for the Osprey. So we'd go to Djibouti and we, we'd plan these uh, trips. We'd, drive, we'd fly. It was, it was about a two-hour flight to Djibouti. We would land. We'd kick a bunch of people off. We'd get gas. We'd go do mission. Then we'd come back to the airfield, get more gas, swap out pilots and crew chiefs, and body, body, body. So while we were doing that, these these dudes that were just waiting, they were going in onto uh, onto the base there in Djibouti, and they were they were buying skull, they were buying chew, uh, cigarettes, all this other stuff. They were just buying there, and then they would take them back to the ship. These dudes were absolutely killing it, man. They were taking, um, I think it's called a brick. I don't freaking, I don't know. I think it's called a brick where they, you know, it's got a, a whole package of of skull of the cans. And these guys were bringing it back to the ship, and they were selling the can. A single can they were selling for 20 bucks a pop. A single can, 20 bucks. These, guys, these dudes were making a killing. Because, yeah, dude, they were, they were making they were making a killing. Um, yeah, so we didn't – I didn't see – other than that, I mean, that's not a whole lot of, a lot of contraband on active duty other than those guys being straight-up entrepreneurs. But when I was in okay. LCS, once, once again uh, – you know, they they let you go Saturday night and Sunday. They let you go in town. They wanted to give you enough rope so you could hang yourself, let you get crushed all week, and then, yeah. you know, see how you behave out in town. And then you would come back, you'd get online, and then you had to put everything into your, in your full locker or whatever so they could take it back. So we were, uh, we were all standing on the line. And, you know, the sergeant starts just walking up and down. All right, I need everybody's contraband. Get your cell phones. Get your this. Get your this. Body, 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 body. Throw it in. You know, he's walking up and down. And this dude, um, he just makes this comment under his breath, but to kind of to everybody. And he, he's like, well, I hope they don't find my cocaine. And you had no idea <laughs> that... Our sergeant started to heard that, right? His name is Staff, Staff Sergeant Necko. He's a sergeant major now. So this dude, he walks, Staff Sergeant Necko walks all the way to the front of the squad base, just talking, just talking, blah, 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 blah. And then he gets back to right where this kid was. And, I mean, it, you know, he's just walking, you know, hands behind his back. I want cell phones. I want this. You do this. You do that. Blah, 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 blah. And then he gets in front of this kid, and then it's like all hell breaks loose, breaks loose right? He's just in one move, <laughs> his hands come behind his back. You know, he's got the knife hand to the face. You got cocaine, Kenneth. You got cocaine. Let's find it. 
pushes the dude out of the way, grabs his wall locker, and throws it into the middle of the room. Goes to the next guy, makes <laughs> his way all the way around the squad bay. Who's got cocaine? I mean, throws everybody's stuff into the middle of the floor. Everybody's stuff. And then walks out. He finishes it and then just walks out. That was it. Now all of our wall lockers, everything is just in the middle of the floor. And and there's no one. We're just dumbfounded. And this dude is like, I. he wanted to cry. He was. He just wanted to cry. That's all he just wanted. He didn't. But all this dude wanted to do was just cry. That's it. <laughs> and he didn't even have contraband. He just made a stupid comment that Staff Sergeant Neko overheard. Yeah. People. Uh, people get a little stupid in OCS and, and boot camp. Say the stupidest things. They, they tend to learn, though. I mean, by the end, it seems like most people learn. Uh, or what to say and what not to say so I guess that's the point you're right man that, that is the point thank you for listening please tell your friends and family so that we can bring more joy and awareness to those struggling with suicide ideation and the families who desperately need help after the loss of someone they love to suicide